The New York Giants end up having a busy first day of free agency after all. What did they do? Who did they pick up? Who did they lose? I'll tell you all about it coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and it is Tuesday, March 15th. We are officially one day away from the official start of the new league year in the NFL. Free agency technically starts tomorrow, but the first couple of days here, teams have been talking to the agents of pending free agents, reaching deals, and the Giants very busy. They've gained some people, they've lost some people, and we are going to talk about it on this show. Now, just a a little disclaimer here. Um, Originally, I was going to do this show for Wednesday, and I was going to do a Twitter Tuesday for today. So I'm actually going to flip it because I feel that there's more to talk about for the for the first day of free agency, what the Giants have done. And I want to talk about all that. And then I will actually run Twitter Tuesday, which I have since taped and edited before I got, did this show. Um, I will run that on Wednesday. So just so you know what's going on there, we're just going to flip things around a little bit. So um, what I have done is I have a, uh, I always like to do a scorecard. I like to do a who's coming, who's going, who's staying type of deal. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of run down some of the key comings, what it means uh, for the Giants, who they are, what they're getting and that sort of thing. And then I'm going to talk about who's going and who's staying. And then we'll also talk about where applicable if I have contract numbers, I'll give you that information as well. So let's kick things off with who is coming to the Giants. Now, there are three, I'm sorry, four guys who have been linked to the Giants, four unrestricted free agents, three of whom are offensive linemen. Like, did you really expect it would be anything different, that they wouldn't go for more offensive linemen? Well, the Giants have four players, three of whom are offensive linemen. Uh, there is offensive tackle Mac Gono, which we knew about. Um, he was announced last week. And um, I don't have contract numbers on him just yet, but uh, Robert, Force, uh, Robert Foster, wide receiver, who um, was with the Bills for two years in 2018, 2019. So Foster is one of those guys who kind of bounced around the league a little bit. Um, not really, I don't think, uh, it, it, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be like a, a number three receiver. Probably he's going to be more of a number four or a, um, you know, a special teamers primarily given his past history. But the two big guys that we want to talk about are on the offensive line and they include interior guys, Mark Glowinski, who comes over from the Colts and John Feliciano, who was cut by the Bills. So let's start off talking about Glowinski for a moment here. All right, so Glowinski, um, he primarily played right guard 
for the Indianapolis Colts for like, the uh, I think since 2018. Um, he allowed 183 career pressures, but just 15 sacks for a 96.6 pass blocking efficiency rating. Now, Glorinsky, I think, is going to be penciled in at right guard. And I like this signing because he's he's really not a bad run blocker. Um, he is actually... Um, was the 21st ranked uh, guard amongst pro, on pro football focus out of uh, 55, I think it was 55 players who took at least 80% of their snaps or more. And interestingly enough, uh, for Lewinsky, who started 55 games at right guard for the Colts, um, he can f function in a zone or a gap blocking scheme. And uh, his his overall pro football focused grade, which I don't really like to rely on too much, but you know, they have their way of grading. I'm not really sure what it is. I don't like to rely on that too much, but I kind of found it interesting that his grade 70.1 overall grade was higher than that of Quentin Nelson's this past uh, season. Um, Glorinsky was also better at run blocking and pass blocking. And uh, the guy has been durable has not missed a start due to injury since joining the Colts. And uh, he's got a cap-friendly contract, too, which is kind of interesting. Um, I'm going to just get the numbers for you real quick. And uh, these are per Aaron Wilson, who always gets these numbers pretty quickly during this time of year. So Glorinsky's deal is three years, $18.3 million, $11.4 million guaranteed, with a $4.5 million signing bonus. And his salaries, uh, his base salaries include 1.25 million guaranteed for the first year. Uh, let's see, he's got 4.65 million in 2023 and 5.1 million in 2024, with up to one million dollars in roster bonuses and a $300,000 annual workout bonus. And if you remember now, um, if you saw my article. Over on Giants Country, I spoke about how the Bills always gave high workout bonuses, and they apparently are going to do that now here with the Giants. Joe Shane, who came from the Bills, is doing that with the Giants. So that's roster bonus, um, annual workout bonus. That's uh, a six-figure, you know, so no surprise there. That That's tactics that the Bills used to do and still do that uh, Shane has brought down with him from Buffalo to the Giants. Now, um, let me just see real quick. I'll get you, um, if I can, I will try and get you his cap figures. So I just have to pull it up real quick on my computer. Okay, so Glorinsky, his cap figures for the next three years. Let's see. Um, 2022, he's got a 3.35 million cap figure which is not bad, by the way, 2023, 7.75 million cap and 2024, 7.2 million cap. So in essence, folks, this is a two-year deal. The Giants can get out of it very easily after next year. So that is not too bad. And uh, if the Giants do get out of it, they are looking at uh, 1.5 million in dead money. So not too bad with Glowinski. All right, the other guy, the other guy we need to talk about 
is John Feliciano. Now, John Feliciano, as everybody knows, probably, uh, was released by the Buffalo Bills last week. He was, um, he had a high cap number. Uh, he was a guy who um, I think had an injury issue. He had uh, a calf in injury in 2021. 20, and then I think he also was diagnosed with COVID, tested positive for COVID. And he ended up actually losing uh, the starting job for a little bit to Ryan Bates. So basically Feliciano's number became too high for the Colts, uh, I'm sorry, for the Bills to carry. And they decided to, um, to basically cut him. So Feliciano comes down to the Giants on a one-year deal. Now I don't have the number, I don't know if it's a veteran minimum deal. I doubt it is. I'm sure it's a, a, a at least, you know, a, a fair amount of money with um, some incentives built in, performance-related incentives. But Feliciano on a one-year deal, and according to reports, it looks like Feliciano is going to play center for the Giants, even though he has played guard in the past. Now, I actually like the steal for a couple reasons. Number one, I was of the opinion coming in that the Giants needed to find themselves a veteran center. I did not really care for the idea of them maybe drafting a rookie and plugging him in at day one. Not when this is such a critical year for quarterback Daniel Jones. So I'm kind of glad that they, they went with the veteran route. Moreover, what the contract tells us is that ultimately the Giants may go and draft a rookie center develop him and then plug him in next year as soon as next year um, assuming that you know Feliciano doesn't sign on for a longer deal which it sounds like he might not um, now a lot of people are like well what about Nick Gates where does he stand in this Nick Gates is of course coming off of the broken foot and uh, Nick Gates I am not so sure he's going to be ready to start the season so uh, it's interesting because Gates is actually in the final year of his contract. Um, I don't even know if he's going to be on the roster. He, you know, they might make a procedural move with him. So that remains to be seen. But Gates, I don't think he's ready this year at all. I think the soonest he's ready, if at all, will be the following year. And then maybe at that point, the Giants can revisit with him. And quite honestly, I think Nick Gates is going to be better at guard anyway. So uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out with Nick Gates. But uh, last I saw him, which was in December, several months ago, obviously, he was still walking around with a pretty heavy limp. So I am, I would not count on him. So Feliciano uh, is going to be, it looks like will be the center. And uh, I could still see the Giants drafting as a, a center, maybe on day two, uh, to develop the guy and, um, you know, get him ready for future actions. So it's kind of a succession plan. It's something that, that I wanted to see the Giants do, which was to bring in a mixture of, you know, veteran offensive linemen to go along with young offensive linemen. So that being said, where does the Giants offensive line currently stand? Well, this is just a projection at this point. So at left tackle, you figure it's going to be Andrew Thomas at left guard, that could possibly be Shane Lemieux, assuming that his knee injury is all healed up. Center, it looks like it's going to be Feliciano. Right guard, uh, Glowinski. Right tackle, even though the Giants signed Matt uh, Gano, um, I think the Giants might be thinking that they're going to have a shot 
at getting one of the top offensive tackles in this draft, whether that's Ed Neal or whether that is uh, Iki Ikwanu. So I think that's maybe what the Giants are thinking. And the reason why I say that is, be, and I'll get to this a little later on in the program, but the Jets signed an offensive lineman, which I'll talk about a little later on. And there was some thought that the Jets might go for an offensive lineman at number four. They pick at number four, if I'm not mistaken. So since they kind of signed an offensive lineman, the thinking is, is that the Jets might go in a different direction. So that is where things stand with the who's coming now in the next segment. We will talk about who is going and then still to come. We will talk about who's staying. And also, I want to touch a little bit on some of the other stories in the NFL that took place on Monday and how they potentially affect the Giants. So that's coming up next. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, there's only one place to find what you need quickly for your car or truck, and that's at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business with over 20 years offering competitive pricing on thousands of parts for every make, model, and manufacturer. Check out their website and don't forget to write on Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and they ship directly to your door. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. RockAuto.com all right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trana here on the Lachlan Giants podcast, and we are doing a recap and analysis of the Giants' first day of free agency. And not just the Giants, we're also going to talk a little bit about some other things that happen around the league and how that potentially affects the Giants down the line. So uh, in this segment, we'll just quick run down who's going. Now, some of the names you already know, Nate Solder, he his contract voided out, so he's not going to be back. Eli Penny, the fullback, tweeted last week that you know he's not coming back. Riley Dixon was released. Devonta Booker released. Caden Smith, Kyle Rudolph, they were all released. Now, who are some of the free agents that have gone? Evan Ingram is going to get a fresh start with Jacksonville. He signed a one-year, nine million dollar contract with incentives that can boost it up to as much as $10 million. And it's interesting because the deal that Ingram got is basically not too far off the, from, what the, um, from what the franchise tag is for a tight end. So Ingram will get his fresh start. He will do it with Jacksonville, whom the Giants face, by the way, later this uh, year. And um, my guess is with Doug Peterson down there, he's going to utilize Ingram much like he utilized Zach Ertz when they were in uh, Philadelphia. So good luck to Evan Ingram. Good guy. Just didn't work out here. Very unfortunate, but good guy nonetheless. All right. Also moving on from the Giants. Defensive tackle Austin Johnson signed a two-year deal worth $14 million with the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Johnson was a guy that I had hoped the Giants would bring back, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't think he played that badly. That being said, um, I go back to what Coach Gene Clemens said on the show last week and how the Giants really need a legitimate nose tackle. And I just have a feeling now with Austin Johnson having you know departed, what the Giants might look to do is move Dexter Lawrence in 
to play that one technique, zero technique position that Austin Johnson played, and then maybe look to draft somebody, you know, like a defensive end in the 3-4 that can come in and kind of be the uh, the three or the five technique as needed. So that's what I think is going to happen there. Um, whether that's going to be day one or day two, that remains to be seen. But certainly I, I'd be surprised if the Giants do not take a uh, defensive lineman in the draft. The other guy I was kind of hoping the Giants would retain, but he went on and, and left, was a defensive back and special teamer Keon Crossan. Now, he signed a three-year, $10.5 million deal with the Miami Dolphins. Crossan's a guy who um, I really liked. He led the Giants' special teams last year. He had 11 tackles. Um, Seven of those were solo. He also had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. So he was a really good special teams player. He, of course, now no longer with the Giants. Um, good for him. He negotiated his own deal, so he doesn't have to pay the agent's fees. And uh, he's getting a fresh start, if you will, um, with uh, Joe Judge, who kind of lobbied to bring him over no longer the head coach. And worth noting here, um, the Giants did trade a six-round pick in 2023 to the Houston Texans to get Keon Crossan. So they're not going to have a 2023 six-round pick um, because of that trade. That per the NFL Network way back when the trade was was uh, consummated. So um, overall, you know, in terms of guys who, who aren't back, you know, I can't honestly say there's any that really break my heart that they weren't retained. You know, you can make a case for Johnson. You can make a case for Crossan, But I think those are guys that are replaceable. Now, just real quick, the guys who are staying um, that we know are going to stay. Uh, obviously, Blake Martinez, he took a pay cut. Sterling Shepard took a pay cut. C.J. Board, who was going to be an unrestricted free agent, he was re-signed by the Giants. I'm sure he only had, I, I think it was just a one-year deal. Um, C.J. Board, very good gunner, also a return specialist. Um, so he's going to be back with the Giants. Um, David Sills, as we know, he re-signed as well. He was going to be an exclusive rights free agent. So, so far, you know, the Giants doing what I expected them to do, low-cost contracts to, you know, they, they're they going to shop at the bottom, uh, you know, the bargain bin uh, aisle for the most part. So um, we'll see what the next few days brings as far as comings and goings. But coming up, I want to talk about NFL news and how that relates to the Giants. It's that wonderful time of the year when college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. March Madness is here, folks. And from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, including what's going on in the March Madness tournament. And it's not just basketball either. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head on over to their website today, betonline.net, and learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back, Giant fans, to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena, and this is a recap slash analysis of what the Giants reportedly did in free agency on Monday. And I say reportedly because nothing gets official, nothing's official 
until Wednesday when the new league year officially kicks off. Now, the only things that you can say are official are, you know, guys who were cut and who signed. So like John Feliciano uh, is a guy that could have signed immediately. Uh, Keon Crossan, um, he was an unrestricted free agent. So he he's not official when he left uh, the Giants. Um, guys that were coming in, let me see, uh, Robert Foster was announced. CJ Board was announced. So those are all moves that, that were official. But for the most part, the other moves aren't going to be official until Wednesday, 4 o'clock when uh, free agency officially begins. So let's talk now about some of the other stories, non-Giant related stories, but stories that can affect the Giants nonetheless. And there are two that uh, I think we need to talk about. The first is that quarterback Mitchell Trubisky agreed to terms with the Steelers. Now, I am not surprised here, folks. I did not think, despite the fact that there was scuttlebutt, that the Giants and Trubisky might look to do business. I didn't see it happening. And I outlined many reasons why on Giants Country. Basically, I thought the money wouldn't work. I thought that, you know, you bring in Trubisky, you're basically bringing in a guy to who, who's basically Daniel Jones, too. Um, and you know, you're potentially undercutting Jones. Now, this is kind of weird because Jones, I feel, needs to be pushed. I definitely need, think he needs to be pushed. He needs some competition. But that being said, um, I think if they had signed Trubisky and had to pay him a lot of money, it would have been more or less as a starter. I, I, I don't think it would have been a fair competition. So anyway, the decision to not go with Trubisky besides the fact that there's money involved says to me that the Giants are going to look for a, a an upgrade at backup quarterback but I don't know that the guy's going to really be you know really push Daniel Jones he's, he's going to give him a nudge but not to the point where I think Daniel Jones has to worry about his starting job being in jeopardy so that said um Keep an eye on what the Giants do at backup quarterback because that's going to tell us a lot about Daniel Jones and where he's at in his recovery from a sprained neck. So, for example, if they bring in a Marcus Mariota, um, that's a guy who can give Jones a nudge without necessarily threatening to take the job away. I know that sounds kind of weird, but but trust me, there's, there's a method behind the madness there. Um, if it's a Jacoby Brissett, that's a guy who is more or less, you know, he's a guy you could probably win with, but not somebody you want in there long term uh, for multiple games should Jones have to miss a lot of games. So um, I'm curious to see what they do at the backup quarterback position. And I do expect them to make a move probably within the next few days regarding a, a an experienced backup. Um I mentioned names to watch. Marcus Mariota, that's the guy that I'm keeping an eye on. Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, now that Miami signed a backup quarterback, uh, Jacoby Brissett will probably be on the move. Tyrod Taylor, who I, I think was once with the Bills, he's another name to keep an eye on. So those are the three names I would say keep an eye on for the Giants. And we'll see which of the three emerges, if any of the three emerge, as the potential backup quarterback to compete with Davis Webb, by the way. Let's not forget about Davis. 
Um, all right. The other story I wanted to talk about real quick, because I think this is going to affect the Giants maybe in the draft. And I mentioned this in the first segment. The Jets signed offensive guard Lakin Tomlinson. Now, why does that matter? Because the Jets, like the Giants and like, like a lot of teams in the NFL, need offensive line help. So by signing Lakin Tomlinson to their offense, um, the move gives the, the Jets more of a complete unit to where now the Jets, who I believe draft fourth, do not necessarily have to take an offensive tackle. They're going to have George Font and Mecca, uh, Becken, Becton, excuse me, um, as their offensive tackles. So now I'm thinking that Aiden Hutchinson goes at number one to the Jaguars, who, by the way, have franchised Cam Robinson, offensive tackle. Detroit, I'm not really sure what Detroit's going to do. Um, worst case scenario, they take one of Iki Ikwanu or, or uh, Evan Neal. Big deal. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, Houston, I don't know that Houston's going to take an offense lineman. Houston can, do, can go in any number of directions. The Jets, I don't see them now taking an offensive lineman. I could see one of the, the, two, you know, the two big offensive linemen falling to the Giants at number five. Um, you know, also potentially falling to the Giants could be Kayvon Thibodeau, the, um, the edge rusher who maybe, I don't know, maybe he goes to, to the Texans. I mean, hard to say. You know, the Texans to me are now the wild card here. But uh, overall, I think the Giants probably feel comfortable, or not comfortable, that's not the right word, but they probably feel confident of getting potentially one of those offensive tackles. And if they can get one of those offensive tackles, it's going to be interesting because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Neil played right tackle, and I believe Equano left tackle. So would the Giants consider, if they land up with Equano, would they consider flopping Andrew Thomas to the other side? Possibly. I mean, I, I can't see why they would, but, you know, something to keep an eye on when trying to figure out which offensive tackle maybe the Giants are going to look for. Because, look, whoever they do look for, I would imagine – they don't want to have to turn that guy into a project where now they have to reteach him, you know, different landmarks and, and, and whatnot to be effective in, in the role. So just something to keep an eye on there as well. All right. Um, that's going to do it, folks, for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, very busy day, a little bit busier than expected. But uh, hey, listen, Tis the time of year to build the roster and certainly a lot of interesting moves by the Giants as reported. Now, what will Tuesday and Wednesday bring and the rest of the days? Well, we'll keep you up to date as always. Um, and then again, as a reminder, the Twitter Tuesday show that I taped for you on Monday, I'm going to run that, or at least the plan is to run that for you on Wednesday. Now, only if if we have big time breaking news, then I'll push it back further because Twitter Tuesday, I can run whenever I need to, but uh, that's the plan as of now. So anyway, hope you enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you tomorrow.